0: Today we got some startup fun with Brian Davis. Brian is an avid competitive cyclist from the Fox Valley. And at the time of this podcast, he had just launched a Kickstarter startup. Essentially, he created these performance socks using alpaca wool. Uh, called follow hollow was the business and yeah we talk a little bit about entrepreneurship a little bit about follow hollow and a little bit about his lifestyle so i hope you enjoy Three. what's up friends what's up friends we're back but why not but why not hey we're here we're live friends <laughs> 12 <laughs> This is the But Why Not live show I'm Evan Frymouth with, with Venture Wisconsin Today I'm here with Brian Davis A local inventor And he's got a lot of experience with Kickstarter And he just launched another one today Number 6 It's called Follow Hollow It's tagged in the caption He's going to tell us about that uh, About his process of inventing things And, uh, hopefully leave you guys with some knowledge on, on Kickstarter and, um, you guys will get to know Brian. So Brian, why don't you hit him with the question of the day?
1: Oh, all right. So question of the day, can I do, I'm going to do two. All right. Okay. I'm going to do two because I feel like one is a softball and the other one, you're probably going to go to Google. Right. Right. So first one. Is a softball. I just learned this last night myself, though. How did Appleton get its name? Now, my ten-year-old son is aware of how this happened, or at least he has a theory. So my information is completely based off of my ten-year-old son. Um, so so you might we know the answer. M- might want to like, fact-check that one. Very educated <laughs> child. All right. Now the other one I don't know the answer to is how did Wisconsin get its name? And that's an interesting question. Absolutely. I don't know the answer. So I look forward to. I look forward to learning something tonight. From the Venture Wisconsin crowd,
0: it's a it's a trivia question of the day. Um, if you get it without Google, you get bonus points. Bonus points, yeah. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, where's uh, where's the uh, Kickstarter at right now? You just launched. How much preparation went into mm. launching?
1: That's a great question. So yeah, we launched. Let's see what time is it now? Almost six thirty. So that's uh, twelve hour or six hours ago, rather we launched just and afternoon. we're just um, just over $4,000 raised and like 70 backers somewhere there. So mm. that's pretty great. I feel really really good about that. And then to your other to the question of how much work went into it, it's kind of an 80/20 situation. If you're going to launch a Kickstarter or any sort of crowdfunding campaign, GoFundMe, Indiegogo, whatever, if you want it to really be successful, 80% of the work is ahead of the campaign and 20% of the work is during the campaign. And then there's another hundred percent afterwards <laughs> to get the to the, get the rewards actually out to people and all right, that. So, yeah, right, to actually do the work to do the work. Right. Right.
0: <laughs> nice. Have you ever seen anyone do it any other way other than 80? Um, no, I guess
1: probably, I mean, it's, yeah, there's obviously been thousands, but the, right there are people that that have large audiences and they can just sort of schlock something together and hope for the best. So if you're a large YouTube channel or a large Instagram following, you can throw something up there and it'll probably work. But for most people that I talk to uh, that ask me my advice or opinions or um, insights into doing a Kickstarter or any sort of crowdfunding campaign, yeah, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work.
0: What surprises you the most about Kickstarter as a platform? Because there is that big gap between if you and I were to start a Kickstarter and if uh Logan Paul were to start a Kickstarter <laughs> yeah. well, I think it's it's I actually feel
1: like it's pretty democratic once you launch as long as you do the work and you have a cool product, there's a really good chance it'll work so it's not Kickstarter itself is not dependent on your popularity or your audience size or anything like that, but your ability to drive eyeballs to it is really important. however, there's been hundreds of Examples of campaigns that have just sort of caught fire for who knows why, <laughs> yeah, and it's it's worked out well for them. And then kick, if Kickstarter as a company puts your page on the front or puts your campaign right. on the front page, that's obviously a huge, huge thing. Yep. and it just you it know how keeps growing. That? I well, it's kind of a secret sauce algorithm. Sure. So I, I have a theory that generally speaking, the people that work at Kickstarter are people trying to move the needle in a social justice sort of way right sure. so there's one campaign up there right now that's a watch and their uniqueness of their watch is that they're melting down guns to make the metal for the watch gotcha. so that has a certain appeal to a huge audience right so right. that one's doing well and kickstarter as an ethos of a company they would certainly believe in that right Right. But then there's a, a really cool uh, chopping block that has like drawers that slide out and do all kinds of stuff. And that thing has just gone insane. So it's millions of dollars it's reached and it's on the homepage. So wow. sometimes it's products, sometimes it's art, films, music, projects, stuff like that. So right. it's um, it's an interesting platform. But w- what surprises me the most, back to that question is, I don't know if surprise is the right word, but constantly impressed at my ability to reach a global audience from my garage mm-hmm. and, and have it work. I mean, I just, I can never get over the access that I have as a single person that works out of his house to be able to get my ideas out, mm-hmm. right? So let, you know, rewind 20 years, not even that far. That's next to impossible without right. huge budgets and TV ads and everything else. And we don't need any of that now. You know, right. you just need a good idea and maybe a couple Facebook ad- ads and, you're on your way. Yeah. So easy.
0: Yeah. It's, it's that <laughs> meritocracy idea. Yeah. Just kind of if you have the chops and you come up with something good and you can back it up by right. making it happen. Yeah. Um, the market speaks loudly. It'll happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. It really is just removing the internet is really just removing the middle people. Yeah. You know. <laughs> um. Yeah. That's cool. So. Yeah, that's actually partially what I, what i like about this it's like it's interesting finding the people that live in appleton that are reaching beyond outside appleton. of it yeah yeah like um like have you ever heard of like custom offsets there's so sure. many there's yep. so many um and you fall in that category in my opinion yeah like just people going beyond
1: yeah i think as a, a business that's requires the internet to, to get any of my stuff done through an e-commerce method of, of obviously it's huge. So I also teach entrepreneurship class at Fox Valley tech and have a whole speech that means classes and everything else. But there's, so there's a lot of little axioms that I've come up with over time. But one of the things I've noticed from launching all these campaigns is uh, I have a pretty specific definition of how long I can expect my friends and family to support my ideas and mm-hmm. probably the same for a local business. If you're going to open a coffee shop or restaurant or, you know, we all have a, these ideas of things that we'd like to do because working in a cubicle is less than awesome for most of us. Right. And this dream of starting a business and running your own show is pretty powerful uh, and it's totally doable, but it absolutely requires a, an enormous amount of work and luck and support from those around you. Now that support from those friends and families, in my experience, lasts exactly two weeks. Hmm. <laughs> so, so it's a pretty short window. <laughs> so you really gotta get them in those first two weeks. And um, that's that's hilarious. What, those two weeks is because they haven't made up their mind about how you're doing it, right? So if you launch yeah. a coffee shop and, and people drive by for the first two weeks, it's too early to say if you're an uh, abject failure or if you're a raging success. So right. after two weeks, they're gonna know Oh, this is not looking good. <laughs> or holy cow, they're doing well. So either way, they're not going to support you because if you're doing really, really well, they think to themselves, "Ah, oh, he's doing great. He doesn't need my support." Right. And if you're doing really poorly, they're just thinking that is a hot mess of a disaster and it's super awkward. I don't want to, I don't even want to walk in that business right now. So yeah. those first 2 weeks are really critical. And that's actually where Kickstarter is really nice because it f- sort of forces you to have this grand opening launch if you do it, right? You know. Yeah. And um In my experience teaching other small business folks, they sort of just roll into an open and they don't necessarily make it a big deal. And it it Mm -hmm. it usually works a lot better if it's a big deal. Yeah.
0: So obviously we do promo for local businesses. Yeah. One of our best video series is new businesses that just open. Yeah. Um, Well, usually it's within a year of them opening, but still new. And obviously, like the buzz. Oh yeah. It's huge. Yeah. And. Every single business that doesn't make a big deal, I'm I'm always like, I don't know how you're doing it. Yeah, that's tough. It's a tough. They're usually not very busy. Yeah, I'm not Right. But uh, so yeah, if you're thinking about starting a business, uh, make it a big deal. Yeah, launch it. (laughs) Make it a big deal.
1: Get on live with Venture Wisconsin. You know,
0: (laughs) that's how you make it a big deal. You do stuff like this. So yeah, I
1: appreciate you having me on. Truly, yeah. Thanks for
0: coming on. Yeah. Um, if I could hop on that two week theory. Yeah um i have a little edit I okay think, um based on my experience yeah. and things that i've actually heard going through the entrepreneurship at uw oshkosh nice um is that there's a, it goes a little longer when you're younger
1: okay i could totally see that so, so like <laughs> when
0: you're like a college kid starting yeah. a business people people are like hmm let's see what ha-. now they're even more like But then they're even more forgiving. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Either way, you know what I mean? If it's a success, they're like, they want to be on it because, you know what I mean? Right. Um, because I was gonna say, I I was curious to say hear what timeline you were gonna say because, for me, I feel like my friends and family, supported like, like they only like they only started dropping off in terms of sharing like six to twelve months ago, and this is like almost three years
1: oh that's awesome so well you must be a good person maybe maybe that's the (laughs) issue (laughs) No,
0: no 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 i don't think that's it um but also it has to be like you were saying your first kickstarters were all cycle specific so then two it has to like fit yeah, the general human. If, yeah, if they're just gonna like support you for a long time. That's true. Yeah, you know. we're, before
1: we, well, maybe we were live. We, guess yeah, we right. don't really we know, were ch- We were talking about my my previous products. This is my the alpaca socks is the thing that I launched today. Um,
0: yeah, why don't you just explain? Sure. The follow hollow. Yeah.
1: So the brand that we launched today is called Follow Hollow. F O L L O W H O L L O W and the name comes because alpaca fiber is got a hollow cavity that runs throughout it and what that does is it helps create a capillary action around your foot that moves moisture and um, away from your skin and by moving moisture away from your skin it regulates temperature it makes your feet not stink all sorts of different things keeps your feet dry so uh, it's a lot
0: like wool but there's yeah, wool, wool
1: has uh, wool's great. I love wool, but it has pockets of air. So wool is how I started the journey. I thought, well, I went from synthetics, and then I started wearing just wool socks, and I thought, well, maybe there's something even better. And there is. It's alpaca, but uh, uh, what I discovered is that no one makes a really good alpaca sock. Like all the ones that I was buying to try to fill this void for myself were, you know, kind of like grandma knitted some socks together. They would fall down, and they just really were loose. They just weren't good. Right. Um, And then there were a few companies that made them that were good and tight and kind of sporty looking, but they had such a low alpaca count that I didn't notice any difference. So the the actual percentage of alpaca, if you go look at all socks, have to have their ingredients listed. So if you go look at the back of some of those, they're 30%, 40% alpaca. And that's just not enough alpaca content to do the job. And ours are at 80%, which is kind of unheard of. So that's yeah. uh, those are kind of the key differences. So that's where the name came from, Follow Hollow, because it's that key attribute that creates our the, sock and what makes it different.
0: Right. It's the key benefit. The yep, key difference. absolutely. And then um, and then the scales, you were saying there's less scale, so it's less itchy than like classic yep, wool. Yeah, less,
1: less itchy and hypoallergenic. So a lot of folks right. are allergic to wool, so that's an issue. And then the scaling is on a sheep's fiber. If you look at it under a microscope, which you can find on the uh, Kickstarter page, um, you'll see these little barbs that come out of the fiber. And on sheep, there's a lot of them. So if you remember putting on your grandpa's wool shirt and couldn't wait to get out of it, (laughs) because it's so itchy, that was untreated wool. And then now people talk about modern wool or merino wool is uh, kind of a, a Anyway, it's right, right. a complicated term, but um, essentially, what they do to that process is they either use some chemicals to what they call superwash the wool to strip those scales off, and uh, or they fill the wool with uh, resin right. okay. to fill up those scales so you right. don't feel them as much. Right. So there's two ways to accomplish that. Now with alpaca, you don't really you don't need to do that, and certainly not with Not to get too technical, but baby alpaca is actually what we're using, which sounds awful, but all it means is that the animal is under two years old and it hasn't the fibers have not developed those skills yet. So it's if alpaca is already hard hard to find, luxurious fiber, baby alpaca is even at the pinnacle of that. Right. So it it truly is a pretty remarkable material, but there's only so much of it in the world. So it's the supply chain is kind of an issue
0: yeah but you figured it out
1: I <laughs> figured it out with you know I put some limits on the campaign so it w- we can sell a lot of them but right there there is definitely a limit to the amount of baby alpaca that a guy could get yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how that works yeah resources are limited yeah so um, that so
1: that's the that that's what makes it non-inchy and then right. the hypoallergenic become because comes because wool has lanolin which is an oil Uh, just naturally and alpaca does not produce that so the alpaca animal is a part of the camel family it's a cousin of a llama uh, and the sheep is not part of that family so it's just two totally different things and the the alpaca is really docile so the uh the shearing process is really no problem right
0: can a camel live in a place with predators i think camel type species only live in non- That sounds like a question
1: of the day. Yeah, to save that one, I don't know. Bonus points. There's three.
0: well yeah you you only get those type of animals like goats and stuff they live on islands because nothing that's why they're so docile because they don't not scared to run away yeah the alpaca animal lives high in the
1: andes in in peru right Right. so there's not um so ecologically it's actually beneficial because we're not having to use farmland that that land that they graze on is unfarmable anyway because of the altitude so
0: right that is cool there's
1: a lot of Ecological things that mm-hmm. I, I even I don't fully understand, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's better than uh, oil-based synthetic oh, fibers. Absolutely, just, <laughs> I'm just gonna say that. Yeah, hundred
0: thousand percent. Um, and there is fences around Machu Picchu so that the alpacas don't damage it. Correct. Right? I don't
1: know. I'll have to go visit. <laughs> Sounds like a great
0: reason for a trip. <laughs> Fourth question. Of the yeah. Day. Um. No, I think it's important though. Like, what's the, what's your background in performance? Because uh, really the energy behind the sock is performance yeah
1: yeah absolutely yeah the uh, target market for the socks so if you, if you buy socks in 15 packs at Walmart and you go for a walk once a week and you're happy with those socks from Walmart then we are not your customer or a brand we're not your brand you're not my customer I still love you but you're probably not gonna be into my brand that's totally okay mm-hmm. however if you have an idea that you want to be out every day outside, regardless of the temperature, you want to go for a run, you want to do a marathon in the summer, you want to hike a mountain, you want to go for a hundred mile bike ride. If, if those things sound remotely attractive to you, then my brand will be appealing because that's what the sock was really designed to do. Or even if you just go to work all day and you come home, this is my video on the Kickstarter,
0: Yeah,
1: it was a true story because that's kind of where all this whole thing started was I went to work, I'd come home, take off socks, and it was just a switch would flip in my brain that the day was done so i would miss workouts like crazy and and i don't want to do that i really want to make sure that i'm riding my bike and fit and that's a huge part of my life so that wasn't going to work i had to find a, a and honestly i had to find a solution to that so i got rid of wearing dress socks and i started wearing cycling socks to work and my theory was that if i could just go straight to putting on my cycling shoes and not take off my socks that that would be healthier. one less hurdle to get out and do the exercise right. or go for a run or whatever it is, right? So so that worked, but then I found out that the that cycling socks or sports socks really weren't any better than dress socks. After a long day at work, they'd still be pretty nasty. Mm-hmm. So I started wearing wool and that's, you know, I'm, I am wonder if something's even better than wool. And yeah, right. alpaca. So the, so these socks, you know, the, the whole concept is you wake up in the morning, you throw these on, go to work all day, don't change your socks, go straight into your workout or vice versa. If you work out in the morning, go straight to work, you yeah. might want to shower. I'm not sure about your <laughs> situation, but, but the socks won't smell. Though, the socks do so. not <laughs> smell. So I've, um, there's one guy that I, I sent out some test samples of the socks. You know, I did a little run to make sure we can produce them, make sure everything works right, make sure right. they don't shrink like crazy if you wash them. And all that is passing with flying colors. And one of the guys that got them is a, is a hunter and a trail runner and a cyclist. And he took it upon himself to do all those things day after day, after day, after day. And he took showers in between, but he'd made it to 10 days wearing the same pair of socks without washing them before it finally was like, okay, these stink. So on day five, I believe he he did all these things. And then, um, and this was a couple weeks ago when it was warmer and he lives up north, but it was still 80 degrees right. up in Hayward. But uh, so on day five, he did this little Instagram video where he takes the socks and he, he asks why he opens this scene with um, his wife, how long have we been married? <laughs> <laughs> so he gives her the socks and has her smell and she is so reluctant to be participating in this activity. Right. But she's a trooper and does and she says, Yeah, nothing. So after five days, no smell. I mean that's yeah. It's really neat. Like if that you think cool. about it from a travel sock perspective, I have a buddy now that's out on a business trip for four days and he brought exactly one pair of socks, which are these. Yep. And it's just nice to know that you could do that if you have yeah. to, you know. Just one One thing of socks and you're, so I forget stuff when we go on trips all the time. I'm notorious for that. Paula always, my wife, Paula always says like, you are, you need a list for everything that you do in your life. Your brain is so lost Yeah, and (laughs) socks are one thing that I forget all the time. So, um, you know, purchasing socks on a trip is something that has happened plenty of times in my life, (laughs) So, but now I don't have to, I can wear one pair of socks for five days. I'm all good. Yeah.
0: Just don't take them off. Yeah, shower well, with I'll them. shower. Yeah. Right, and then shower with them. Yeah. I, I haven't tried that. It's, that'd be a good test. I'll have to try that. It moves the moisture out mm-hmm. anyway. They'll right? dry out eventually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can definitely relate. On the, uh, like, I need a list. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I've had to buy chargers. On oh trips yeah, before. yep. Been there, been there. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I did a mini test of my own. I didn't go that long. I um. I did two days in a row. Oh yeah, I gave you a pair. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, they don't smell. I, I did a workout and then I did my like morning walks. I've been doing these morning walks and yeah. I use them and I like them. I nice. mean, definitely comfortable. Yeah. Definitely hold up. Yeah. 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 They're and tough. I, yeah, I like, I like, uh, like I rewear pants and stuff.
1: Less laundry, right? Yeah, exactly. It's a little life hack. Yeah. Exactly. And, and another life hack, if you buy a lot, I did this years ago too, and obviously I'm going to do it now because I'll have a lot of these socks in my life, but if you buy one style of sock in mass, then you don't have to do any mixing and matching of socks. It's all the same sock. Right. Any
0: pair will work. It's great. Right. <laughs> what? Uh, okay, so let's go to Kickstarter. So um, have they gotten easier every time? would you say they they have and
1: really it's the same amount of work but the only thing that's gotten easier is my confidence that it'll work that it'll be successful I should say and the only reason for that is because every time I launch one I get more new people and the bigger that audience gets the the it's just becomes more of a mathematics question of okay well if I have four thousand people that are gonna get this email great if I have eight thousand people that are gonna get an email it's it's really formulaic of how many people are gonna open it, how many people are gonna click, how many people are gonna watch the video, how many people are gonna purchase stuff, and then of that, if I relaunch and relaunch and relaunch. So, in th- in that perspective, it gets re- a lot easier. And then, you know, for the last couple of years, I haven't had a product come out for for four years in a row. I did a Kickstarter kick every year. Well, maybe it was even five years. So there's was a Kickstarter every year, and for the last three years, I haven't done any. And this- so this is my first one. So there's a big gap in there. Do you feel
0: like coming back? You're almost like you were almost more prepared with better ideas because you took that break.
1: I, I will say I felt really refreshed in that time, um, so that was super helpful because t- it does take a lot out of you, right? So it's not only just the, all the media relation stuff and all the the prep work ahead of the campaign, but afterwards you you get the shipments done. That's a lot of work, and then after that you have, are trying to get people to come to your website and continue to buy stuff so you can make an income and um, that doesn't always work out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that gets really stressful. Right. Uh, and then people, if you have product that fails or people return stuff or they don't like something or, uh, you know, the customer service things, which has really never been an issue on any of my stuff. Everything's worked out pretty well. Um, that, that, but any amount of that can take a lot of energy off your, off your plate. Right.
0: Um, Shoot. I forgot my follow up. I was just going to say, um, whenever I do something like artistic or new, or you're like, you're, you're learning something. Um, you get in it, you know, you like your head, you can't like, you're in the eye of the storm, you oh, can't yeah. see out. And then you take a break and you come back and it's just like so much easier, like whether it's guitar or like, um, so that's cool that. Yeah, that that, that's a refreshing. great point. And
1: actually this campaign is the first time I've had other people help me. So okay. in this, um, launch, I, someone that I worked with and have, i met him years ago. He actually took me out to coffee to ask me about how Kickstarter worked years and years ago, Mm -hmm. but we've stayed in touch and, uh, he has become an expert in his line of marketing and I have become pretty good at developing products. And these two powers together can really do great things. So, uh, Zach and his company, Homestead, uh, are, is part of this launch. Part of this launch, and, and I'm really, really grateful for the creativity and the outside perspective that they brought to the table because they're not passionate cyclists like I am. So, in the past, everything has been so geared towards cycling because that's just what I do. Um, it's been hard for me to kind of step away from that. And that I've been really helpful for it's been really helpful to have them just kind of redirect to like, well, their socks anyone could you don't have to be a cyclist to, to right. buy the socks, you can hunt, you can hike, you can run, you can yeah. mountain climb, you can do all these things, yeah. so. Or you
0: can just. Or
1: sit by the fire with a nice glass bathroom. of scotch, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. whatever you're into.
0: <laughs> um, so what's Brian Davis's short list on a successful Kickstarter? Okay, well, the
1: absolute rule number one is you have to do a lot of media relations. Mm-hmm. So I can give a great tip, whether you're doing a Kickstarter or any business, if you wanna launch this business, you need to figure out a way to get some attention, and my advice on getting attention has a lot to do with how to get in touch with the media uh, in a way that helps them and is not intrusive to their day so the best way to do that is to find some competitor some other company or some uh, maybe a business in another state that's performing at a really high level and you think why if i could just be like them things would be great right so google them and then go into google images and just scan through the images and look for any blog posts that talked about that company or that founder, whatever it is you're trying to replicate Mm -hmm. and then read that, make sure that whoever wrote it doesn't hate that person. Uh, (laughs) And if they don't, then contact the person who wrote that story and say, hey, I'm doing something similar. I thought your readers, not you, but your readers would be interested in covering this. And then uh, this is my whole template of an email to these folks is, Usually when people write about me, they do it in one of two ways. Either they talk about my product, which is alpaca socks. That's changing the way people think about socks that can last all day long. Or they write about me as an entrepreneur. Here's a guy in his garage sending out these emails around the globe and selling stuff globally. Either way, I don't care. Just write a story about me or my brand either way. And then I give them uh, a Dropbox link or a Google Drive drink link with <laughs> a little drink <laughs> a little drink that always helps I give them a link that has uh, and then I say here's a link to all the assets that you need to write a story about me in 15 minutes or less and that is total clickbait there's no way that they won't click on that just to see what I'm all about mm-hmm. and then I deliver so I have press releases I have sample articles so mm-hmm. this time this is the first time I've done this but I paid a journalist a freelancer to write an article about this project, uh, more about Alpaca and less about my particular brand. Mm-hmm. So it's a little broader. And then I put that out to my media folks that they could copy and paste or get inspired or come up with ideas mm-hmm. or whatever the case was. And it already worked. My, one of my first reviews used a chunk of that. I used a chunk of my fact sheet or mm-hmm. FAQs. He used a, uh, a chunk of my press release, like, and the images, all my images are in there, lifestyle images, product images, alpaca images in general. Okay. So I know that this person spent probably well less than a half an hour putting this post together and it looks amazing. Right. It really does. It looks really, really good and it, it's going to drive some traffic to me, but, but hopefully it drives traffic to his blog. And then once he posts, then it's really important for me to repost that or put a link out so I can right. drive some traffic over to his blog as well. So that's, that's where people mess up media relations is they make it all about them and the way that i go about it is trying to make it all about helping the journalist or the blogger or the video person or whatever it is what can i do to make your life easy Mm -hmm. and it really works (laughs) yeah Yeah,
0: genius um and that you would say going back to 80 20 that's probably 80 percent of your.
1: Easily, yeah. Almost all my work ahead of this campaign was just hours and hours and hours and hours of outreach to media, yeah. shooting off emails. Uh, Isn't and that, it weirdly fun? It, it just, when you it, get the yeses. when the responses are awesome. Like, oh yeah, that sounds cool. Send me that because my product in particular is low cost enough that I can just send them out. And uh, so I just ask them, hey, what's your shoe size? Because I'm I kind of need to know that. Right. And uh, that's a good excuse to get and necessary <laughs> to, to get their email address back. If I reached out like per, potentially through LinkedIn or, or Instagram or something, or something like that, right? or Facebook, right? Like eventually I want to get it all over to email right. so we can have a, a more uh, trackable conversation. Right. So,
0: yeah, I guess if it's, if you're reaching out to individual journalists, LinkedIn and Instagram, makes more. So yeah.
1: You know what I did this time is, uh, or this Twitter. is definitely an inside. Uh, see Twitter would be awesome, but I, my brain just cannot figure out Twitter. Sure. I mean, I have tried and I sure. don't, I don't get it. I'd like, I do not get it. I don't know. I, every time I open it, I'm like, I'm going to do something stupid and I'm going to be on the news. I I don't know. I don't know how this thing works.
0: Twitter, Twitter, (laughs) every other platform newsworthy, not intimidated, but yeah,
1: but Twitter kind of frightens me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. What were you saying?
1: So, so I've reached out. Oh, so I did a Google search or I'm sorry, LinkedIn search for people that are, that have outdoor, uh, freelance writer, in their bio somewhere. Right. And then I started just looking through them. Well, who have they yeah. done freelancing for? Oh, here's a guy that wrote for Outside Magazine and Men's Health and yep. Men's Journal. And like, this guy's perfect. So I'm gonna reach out to that person through LinkedIn and then he might be able to shop that story around to five or six different
0: That's so smart magazines. And literally uh, and like,
1: it, it was it cost me a free sock and an email. Right. Cool. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Especially when this is how you. It, this is how it works. Yeah, I mean, it is how it works, day. right? Yeah, and
1: like, they're happy to get it, right? It's not. I mean, they they need some. Uh, this is what I always people mess this up and too with. product. The content is the key, right? So mm-hmm. uh, imagine you're. I always tell my classes: imagine you're a journalist. You wake up that morning and you have to write a story. Crap! I right. don't know what to write about today. Right? Like that sounds hard to me. Yeah. And then you get to work and you crack open an email like, "Hey, here's everything you need to write a story in 15 minutes." sweet I'm yeah. gonna do that and then go do other stuff for the rest of the day I mean I know it doesn't work that way but right in my head it works they'll that look way. for the next story or <laughs> right.
0: whatever but helps them get to where they want to be faster yeah 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 it's awesome um social like there's really no excuses like social media accounts are like it's like a human search engines mm. yeah you know what there's, I mean? there's a lot of ways to get in touch with people Absolutely. yeah exactly like that's when people talk about like pros and cons they're like oh I hate Facebook or I hate this, that, the other, um, like pros and cons are pros. They highlight the best of human nature. They connect you faster. Like they remove friction. They mm-hmm. allow you to talk to more people cons. They reveal the worst of human nature. <laughs> That's you true. see, right. you see more negative news. It gives people a faceless chance to attack people, whatever, yeah. but like go for the good. you Yeah. Know? Um, how Venture Wisconsin got started uh, was a smaller version of that instead of going global like you because you have a global product. If I did a video in Green Bay, Green Bay got typed into Facebook and I went to pages and I would message them like, Hey, just made a video about this business in Green Bay. Nice. I think your followers would in, like to see it. There you go. Yeah. And I gave them the caption. It's perfect. They wanted to use a caption. Yeah. So I'm with you. Yeah, it's that, I mean, it's that hustle,
1: right? It's the hard work and, and, and it's not even, I mean, you're really legitimately trying to help people. I know you try to help people. Oh, for sure. I try to help people. I want people to have better bike tools, better bottles, better balaclavas, better socks. Right. And I, I feel like the stuff I comes up with, I come up with helps me as a human have better stuff and maybe other people want better stuff too. So it turns out I've been right most of the time. If I like stuff. There's a good chance they'll like stuff, so it's not bugging them or selling them or anything. It's just like, hey, I love
0: this thing. Maybe you will love it too. If you don't, that's cool. Yep. But exactly. So far, a
1: lot of people think it's cool.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the key. Yeah. Well, so the key, the, so it's like fifty-fifty. It's like half hustle and effort, and then half talent and product. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like uh, you can hustle all you want, but it's only it's only gonna get you half yeah. the way there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Hard work and opportunity equals luck every time
0: <laughs> right right um cool so huh what what was your first one fix it sticks right yeah
1: yeah so the, the first one's probably the most interesting from a story point of view so i had this idea it struck something broke on my bike and i wanted to fix it so i came up with this idea right and we all have ideas i mean i shouldn't say mm-hmm. we all have ideas but most of us have ideas you pick wow. up a product and you're frustrated by it like why does this why did they build it this way this is kind of dumb or whatever it is and I think the key difference between somebody who thinks that way and does something about it is they have some confidence that they can sell this thing at some point. And so previous to coming up with fix it sticks, I got really good at Amazon. Okay. And was what were you selling on Amazon? Bird feeders. Really? Yeah.
0: Did you make them or you purchased them and resell them? Somebody
1: else made them uh, a manufacturer in Chilton made them and they were They're great bird feeders. Uh, but eventually they started selling to Amazon directly, which, instantly puts me out of business. So yeah. no fault of their, theirs, but this happened also so in the bicycle were, industry and
0: you were basically a con, like a, providing the service of knowing how Amazon Correct. Yeah, I was a third-party seller on, on
1: Amazon, which right. there's tons of millions of maybe. Um, yeah, maybe that. <laughs> so I was doing that and then the problem is if they start selling to Amazon directly, nobody plays on Amazon sandbox as aggressively as Amazon. So if that happens to you, you're really out of luck. They're going to, they're going to bowl you over. So, um, and it's true. That's exactly what happened. And then it happened again to a couple other products that I was selling. And I just thought to myself, self, (laughs) and you really need to come up with your own thing. And then you could decide to not ever sell it to Amazon. Right. So that's really where the whole thing started. And the whole goal was if I could sell like five of these things a day, I'd be, I'd be in good shape. Yeah. Uh, which sounds easy, but it's not. So, <laughs> but, but that's where it all started. So, I had confidence that I could sell something if I made up a product. Right. And then, right. then you just, all you got to do is look for stuff that irks you. Yeah. You know, frustration leads to invention. Yeah. All the time. So, whatever you're, whatever bug, the next time you're angry about something, just, Take, take a deep, deep breath I and think it? like, what what would I do to fix this? Right. And then
0: maybe you should do that. So N- then you're going to fix it, stick and fix it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, it's, it's cool because, um, the first time I heard about you was like probably two, three months in Adventure, Wisconsin, uh, at the Recyclist. Yeah. Right. Um, and they like, I didn't, I didn't ask about anything. Your name just got brought up probably I think I was there like four to six different times. I feel like your name got brought up like three of the times. So <laughs> people, people uh, in the you know in the cycling niche, yeah, like what you're doing. Well, around I, here, I so. adore
1: my friends at all the local bike shops.
0: So yeah. yeah, that's good that that I'm on the top of their mind. Yeah, I, I go
1: there a lot. So, <laughs>
0: sure. it's cool. Um, what's your approach to YouTube?
1: Yeah, oh, that's a great question. YouTube has been kind of a passion project for me for the last three years and probably more seriously in the last year. Um, my, my theory on YouTube was I watched, um, I watched somebody that I had this desire. I want, well, I want to have a YouTube channel. Like every 13 year old <laughs> in the world wants to be a YouTuber when they grow up. Right now I'm significantly older than 13, but I had that thought for a moment. Like, well, I like watching this channel and this guy's life seems pretty awesome. yep Why can't I have a YouTube channel? And I stewed on that for months and then that's what that it's that little fact right there that got me cuz I'm like if I'm going to put this much thought into something or this much uh, sort of it was actually almost Your frustration almost. like I want to do this why am I not doing this Yeah. And then it finally broke and I'm like you know what I'm going to do this I'm just going to commit to it I don't care how ridiculous I look going on camera or the weird stuff yeah, I'm going to do start. or you, you just have to start. I think you just hit the nail on the head. You have to start and you'll figure it out. You're ne- it's not gonna be perfect when you no. start. It's gonna be pretty ugly, right. but eventually you'll figure that out. And then um, this was the quote is, it will only be harder next year. Mm-hmm. So start now. Cause it's only going to be worse. You're only going to be more frustrated. There's only going to be right. more YouTube channels that start or more competition or more right. noise on the internet,
0: more competition, so go. and then also like you're another year older. You're, <laughs> right. you're like, yep. It's like, Oh, now I'm, you know, well, I was 49. I could have started then now I'm 50. I can't, you know? <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Um, that's awesome. And, and this was another one too, is the, you you look around
1: wisconsin and as a cyclist and my my channel is about cycling brian davis races Mm -hmm. and racing bicycles but you think you watch these other channels and people are in australia and the the uk or france and they're climbing these beautiful mountains these gorgeous landscapes and you think i live in wisconsin it's pretty flat and there's fields yeah but you know what someone somewhere finds that fascinating Believe it or not. I mean, they really do. And I remember that too, because I lived in Chicago and when we would come visit, uh, we'd spend some time in Wisconsin. Um, My friend and I, he had a cabin in Wisconsin up in Minocqua. We lived in Chicago together. And every time we'd come up, it was just as soon as you crossed the border, it was like, oh man, I just love it here. There's Mm -hmm. trees, there's grass, there's fields, it's flat, it's awesome. So I I actually had that feeling too. So I'm looking around like, oh, nobody's gonna watch my channel, it's so boring. No, there are plenty of guys that are stuck in Chicago that want to go ride their bikes without a thousand cars passing them in 10 seconds honking their horn. Right. And I have that. <laughs> we have beautiful roads. They're wide. We have friendly drivers for the most part. I mean, it's really, really lovely to ride yeah. a bike and live in Wisconsin. They're all paved. You don't even have to deal
0: with gravel. Like, oh my gosh, this is a great place to ride. Yeah, that that is a cool perspective because a lot of people do take for granted Yeah, the state Yeah, and what we have here. Right um but we're gonna any, find
1: out why it's named wisconsin so we'll at least get yeah, that someone, figured out
0: <laughs> someone why is wisconsin called wisconsin yeah. it's question of the day still um are there any do you because you snow you're you fat tire in the winter yep fat tire bikes yep. Do you do races oh yeah yeah nice there's a couple there's like a one that's kind of growing around here isn't there
1: yeah there's a, there's a few series in wisconsin there's one wheel and sprocket puts on called Hugh Jass, uh, Hugh, and then Jass is J-A-S-S, so it's okay. And um, then there's another it's one from uh, yeah, uh, Broken Spoke in Green Bay. They put on a series, the Snow Crown series. Is that
0: at Baird Creek? Or?
1: Uh, I don't think they have one at Baird, but they have three. They've moved around a couple different places. Uh, I, there's almost always one in Manitowoc. But, yeah, so they're all over the state, and there's
0: plenty of them. I'm most interested in... Where they groom trails, because I think yes. that's something I want to promote with venture. I just didn't have. I guess I just didn't. Yeah, make yeah. The, it happen, the most
1: yeah. accessible place to try uh, snow bikes or fat tire biking is reforestation camp in Green, Green Bay. Bay right I, by you in the I would guarantee that. So they'll do a little loop of grooming. They have rental bikes available. Like they're really turning the corner to do a really nice job. Um, that's. There's a, there's plenty more, but that's the one I'll leave you with as being probably the okay. easiest place to, you know, you're a family with wife, two kids, and yep. you want to go rent bikes for a week or for a day and just experience that it is awesome. And you will have a good time. And I think you, you made a really important point that if you're going to try snow bikes, make sure it's on a groomed trail. Otherwise right. it is absolutely miserable. You will hate every second of it. <laughs> it's brutal, but yeah. going through Un-groomed snow is not fun at all but yeah. a groomed trail is otherworldly how much fun it is
0: that's so, cool yeah i still have yet to try it it's fun i think the first time i reached out to you was about i think you're right about doing that and then it just never came to we'll, fruition. we'll get you a rental yeah, bike and yeah we'll get out it. that'll be fun yeah um you ever do mountain biking around here?
1: I do some mountain biking sparingly. It's not my, my passion. My passion are the skinny tires, the road mm-hmm. bike stuff. I love that. I I like mountain biking. I'm just not as good at it as sure. as road biking.
0: <laughs> I understand.
1: Have you ever done
0: Kettle Moraine trails? Yep. trails yeah, like yeah I've ridden
1: there. They're awesome. That
0: is super fun. They call that the Moab of the Midwest.
1: Really? Yeah, they do. It, it, and uh, it's cool. It's just wow. a really neat scene. for For our area, it's about as good as it gets. And then there's a bunch of trails up in the... UP, right? The UP and Marquette and uh, Copper Harbor, I think. Okay. Uh, they that those communities, not just cycling people building trails out in the woods, but the whole community has gotten behind the concept of using trails as a tourist def- destination. Yeah. And guys, it is working. I mean, the Copper Harbor scene, the Marquette scene, they're drawing thousands of people from all over the country up there for a couple of races. There's one race called the Margie Gessick that just wrapped up. It's the hardest mountain bike race in the world they would say, and I would agree. <laughs> and so I, my friends have asked me if I would do that. And my answer is unequivocally, no, <laughs> zero chance. It's a hundred mile. Or even this year, they did something insane. They made a 200 mile bike race, a hundred mile bike race. There's a 50 mile version a 20 mile. So they have something for everybody, but right. they're,
0: they're pretty hard trails. Seems like a good move.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're building a Um, they're building a movement up right. there through the whole community, and it's really, really fun to watch. It's the 906, that's their area code, 906 Adventure Team. If you find them, what they're putting out and what they're doing for kids
0: in that community is truly special. It is really cool to watch. Just kind of like onboarding them into something where they can like develop a skill at something? Yeah. You know? Well, there's so many kids that they don't fit with baseball. They don't fit with basketball.
1: They don't like wrestling or whatever the case is, or even if they do like those sports bikes are just, it Universal. used to be so ubiquitous for every kid to have a bike and go out for hours and hours and hours. Right. And it just, that doesn't, it's harder to pull off anymore. I have two kids. If my son came to me and said, Hey, I'm going out for a bike ride and came back three hours later, I'd be significantly concerned. <laughs> so, but when I was 10 years old, that's exactly what I did every weekend. Right. And there's no, you know, I'm not trying to make a knock on society or anything like that. It's just, that's the truth, but nothing has changed in the kids. They still want to ride their bike for hours and hours and hours and right. and go exploring and build a fort out in the woods. And like everybody who still wants to do those things, it's just, it's become harder to get them done, I think. So, yeah,
0: it's interesting. That's like a whole nother, could dive deep into that. Oh yeah. But, um, so they, so cattle Moraine specifically. They call it the Moab, the Moab of, of the there. Midwest. Yeah, yeah, there's two kettle systems. that I think there's the North
1: Kettles and South Kettles and the South Kettles. By are, Milwaukee. Yeah, between Milwaukee and Madison. Um, yeah. Like Water. Oh, I can't remember water the name town? of the town. Something like that. Yeah, so they in that area, Oconomowoc, near Oconomowoc. Uh, in that area, that's the the Moab of the Midwest version. The northern ones are, there's some trails there, like Greenbush, outside of Fond du Lac. That's things like that. Hate. And that's okay. Those are really rocky. Okay. They're, they're not as much fun but they're still great trails but they're just Dang. not
0: now it makes me want to go down to the southern kettles yeah the southern it's like sort. a five dollar trail pass yep. or something yep there's so you reasonable. know on a nice
1: day in the summer there's hundreds of cars in the parking lot everybody's riding their bike everybody's having a great time so yeah. it's a lot of fun the emma carlin trail if you're looking to google it there's an emma carlin trail that's one of the two that i remember there's two big systems and then there's a connector i think i'm okay. sure someone's going to correct me until the cows come home, but that's fine. <laughs> as long as they tell us, you'll find how Wisconsin yeah. its Wisconsin name, yeah, we're good. Right,
0: start there, and then you can correct me. Awesome. So what? Okay, so I asked you this when we met a couple of weeks ago, um, and it, the question popped up in my head again. I was like, "Oh yeah, I already asked that." It's the the four hour work week, mm-hmm. the Tim Ferriss. So is there something in your past before that book? that got you interested in the Amazon selling and like the basically internet arbitrage and the invention stuff. Were you always a tinkerer or was it kind of four hour work week and like maybe some creative thoughts that you always had that just kind of pushed you into that? Yeah.
1: I always tell people I'm not an, I mean, I, I, I don't love the term inventor, but I love the term entrepreneur because I'm an entrepreneur first and sometimes I invent stuff like alpaca socks is not an invention and I'm not claiming it to be. Mm -hmm. I do have a patent for fix it sticks. That's a true invention. That was a different way to approach things. Some of the other stuff somewhere in between, right, but Mm -hmm. um, but entrepreneurs first. So this sort of culture of side hustle is something that I fully embrace. So to answer your question, the thing that drives me toward that is I absolutely hate being told what to do.
0: Have it, has it always been that way? It
1: has always been that way. <laughs> what kind of music so, did you listen to in, uh, your, in your youth? I was never super into music. So, no? Um, probably more hip-hop and rap than anything else, I guess, if I had to pick. And certainly now when I go on a bike ride, that's pretty much all I ever play. Um,
0: what about – did gr- you listen to comedy or watch TV or
1: um, – No,
0: I could not, not a ton, no. It was right. just – being told
1: what to do always struck me as awkward cuz i felt like even if i agreed with what i was being told i didn't quite agree with all of it so there's like maybe a different way to get the job done and i felt like i always wanted to express how i wanted to do things so it's my parents were gave me just enough room to to do my thing and still put a good head on my shoulders so they did a great job with um kind of a a handful of a person to deal with <laughs> And I feel I do feel badly for my wife because she's <laughs> stuck with this person who doesn't want to be told what to do all the time and um, but I've gotten better at her over time I think um, yeah. and, and one of the other things is I'm really good at like I don't like being told what to do but I'm really good at listening to coaching so if someone mm-hmm. tells me that, oh, I tried that and I ran into this brick wall I am not gonna run into that same wall I'm really right. really good at that part of listening to advice and in, and figuring out a way that it works for me right um, and I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs get really headstrong and they're just going to do it. And I have certainly done that plenty of times and paid the price for it, but Mm. I think you're a lot better off if you can listen to people that have made mistakes ahead of you. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. Why replicate? Yeah. So for me, it's, yeah, being told what to do drives this entrepreneurial spirit. It makes it difficult for me to sort of be a a corporate worker because the, the corporate world uh, values that greatly, even, um, frequently, they say they don't, they'd like more independent thought or more entrepreneurial thinking in their boardrooms, but their hiring practice. Don't practices do not reflect that at all. So it's, if you're, you know, and I have a college degree and all the stuff that I'm supposed to have to, to do all these things in corporate America, but my experience with corporate America has been, uh, dodgy, (laughs) but I love, (laughs) I love being in the garage and coming up with my own stuff. So that's, that's well, my path for now, and I'll try to do it as long as I can. So it's really important that you back the yeah. the sock campaign because yeah. without that, Check uh, out, follow yeah, follow. I might end up in a cubicle.
0: So <laughs> we nobody well, wants that. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you've been producing some some things that are working. Yeah,
1: so. I'm excited for the the socks because
0: again, it, it
1: affects everyone. All a lot of the other stuff is so specific to cycling that it's hard for. The average person that goes out hunting or something that's unrelated to cycling to kind of get a vibe mm-hmm. of what I'm doing, but you know, if if you're going out deer hunting, if you're going out turkey hunting, archery, hiking, climbing a mountain, skiing, snowboarding, all these things can use great socks, and mm-hmm. these are really, oh, yeah. really good we socks. Got them. <laughs> They're really good. Like no BS. They yeah. they absolutely deliver the goods. So I'm I'm really hoping that once they get out in the world, my mar- my job of marketing becomes super easy because mm-hmm. my, my stated goal on the campaign is I want to build socks that are so good. You have to tell your friends about them. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a, it's very similar to a Yeti cooler. Mm-hmm. So the first time I heard about a Yeti cooler, some friend of mine was just raving about it, man, it keeps ice cold for, for four, five, six days. It's incredible. I'm like, how did they pull that off? You know? And then you right. start seeing Yeti stickers on the back of pickup trucks yep. or wearing hats that say Yeti. And you're just like, dude, it's a cooler. Yeah. Like, yeah, wow, how did you get that passionate about a cooler? And and I think it comes down to making a product that blows people away past their
0: expectations. You, That's my goal. <laughs> um, you should consider doing your media outreach that you've been doing in the hunting industry. Yeah,
1: yeah Fix It Sticks has actually pivoted into the hunting world and it's done really, really well. And the sock stuff, when I did that outdoor freelance writer Uh, Work a lot of those folks are more in the shooting and hunting side of the world or fishing as well. And that outreach has gone well. And so there was a guy that did, he wrote back to me. He's like, yeah, I wore him on a 26 hour flight to Bali, a 13 hour kayaking trip. And then he was going snowboarding. So that guy's great. And then that guy that wore him for 10 days straight was hunting, trail running, cycling. Um, Somebody wore him the other day, uh, deep sea fishing, and I got good feedback from that folk person as well. So they, they work really well in, in hot weather too. I, yeah. I wore them in 85 degree heat. So not to
0: like, they don't solve all the world's problems, but right. right. <laughs> I'm just thinking like, how do you get follow hollow underneath the eddy, Like on someone's pickup. Yeah. I feel like right?
1: that's the goal. If I, if yeah. I'm driving down college Avenue and somebody puts a follow hollow sticker on the back of their truck and I don't know whose truck it is. That'd be sweet. That's going to be a good day. man. Yeah. <laughs> that oh, is yeah. going to be a good day.
0: Um, for real, though, like if you could get some influ- like the right influencer, like, right. So, um, I was doing some masonry work earlier today and I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast. Mm. And his he uploaded one while I was on the car ride back home and it was Cameron Haynes. And he's like a big bow hunter, oh, like, yeah, with a huge following, man, probably in part because of Joe Rogan having yeah. him on a show all the time. But, uh, like if you could get him to wear yeah. them, that'd be, that'd be awesome yeah so i don't know something to think well about. if anybody knows sure that you're guy doing, i'm sure you're doing that <laughs> or
1: someone like him let me
0: know yeah right. <laughs> i'm
1: happy to send out a free pair of socks for testing
0: sweet so really quickly um why not you grab those products and what's your website
1: all right so the socks are on if you the easiest way to find the campaign is follow uh, so this is a prototype of the packaging. There's a little safety pin over there, but you can get mm-hmm. a sense of what it's gonna look like. Looks great, it was designed here. The packaging was all designed by another local entrepreneur in our area. Dane. Dane Roosh, yep, yeah. he designed it, did an amazing job. I saw that on LinkedIn.
0: Yeah, and then. Um, we went through yeah. uh, the accelerator at Oshkosh at the same time. Oh, yeah. When he was doing Pixie, Pixie. Mm-hmm. I thought it was Pixie. Yeah pixie sticks i have fix-it sticks in my hand i was like pixie sticks like that's candy yeah no Um, but yeah anyway yeah i saw him post yeah uh, that he did the packaging i thought that was cool i was super impressed
1: with what he came up with and yeah and i'm just in love with the packaging and this there's a whole i mean i could go on for hours about packaging because that's something i completely butchered in all of my previous products Mm. is the packaging it is so hard to get right but i'm super excited a great
0: product great packaging like yeah these things are coming together yeah <laughs> so sure. it's gonna be good yeah so socks dot fix it six that one's fi it's spelled normally so F-I-X,
1: I- dot com. and there's uh a, there's a, a cycling division and a shooting and hunting division so the shooting and hunting side we get more into that we have torque limiters and we get into doing scope rings for people we actually so this is a different tool well, that uh, there's additions to that tool that are gotcha. accessories that go with it that allow you to do, tighten scope rings to specific torque and things like this in the, in the shooting industry. We, we don't have the ability to do it in the cycling industry, which is why we don't have the torque limiters over there. But in the shooting hunting side, we just want a government contract. Um, so our tools will accompany the special forces sniper guns that the government is buying for 2020. So all of them will include fix it sticks. It's not a huge volume, but sure. but what a feather in the cap to be chosen as part of that contract. That's really really cool. I'm super Did they excited about you? that. Uh, it was actually the the gun that's involved in that contract. That manufacturer approached us to accompany their scopes, because they want to get the torque right. Because all it takes is one soldier to over tighten it, and it blows out a very expensive piece of equipment that's on right. top of the gun. So uh, having that torque correct is really really important and it's so cool and so they tested our product a bunch of times and we sent them out to the navy seal training units and things like that and just like oh how cool is that <laughs> something that was rattling around in my brain or at least a brand you should send that to out. be able to to be able to as media. help people accomplish a pretty important mission is like yeah that's pretty neat
0: <laughs> you should send that out as media
1: yeah we just got word of that so we haven't had a ton of time to dig in with quite, gotta, quite yeah, what we're going to do with that information but sure but yeah it's awesome lockdown and stuff that's true so that one um Sweet. that's f-i-x-i-t-s-t-i-c-k-s F- fix it sticks yep. fix it six.com and then this is when i got off the rails and didn't listen to people uh <laughs> this one is super specific it's kind of a neat product but this is only for total nut job cyclists it's called the backbottle.com do you ever get some crazy feedback that people love it People, lo- yeah, people love it. If, you, if they buy it, they love it because right. they would never buy it unless they knew exactly why they needed this in their life and right. they've experienced the problem just like I did when I created it and they're like, oh, I need that. Yeah. And then they bu- and then they leave these great reviews. The, the cap is the source of the negative reviews but no one makes a cap in this particular size that's good. So anyway, it's a long story but I've stuck with this kind of junky cap. But the concept of the bottle is, is this, that those tight fitting jerseys that we wear as cyclists, they have three pockets across the back. So what this bottle does is it's designed to go into the back of the jersey pocket with yep. with one hand so you don't have to wrestle Open to it get it in there right. and so yeah like there's like six people in the world that need this thing but those six people are really happy that it really <laughs> <laughs> So that this is a good case study in listening to consumer feedback uh That's or or funny. not much of it I should say. And then the last one is uh This product here is called The Weatherneck, and this is at theweatherneck.com. That's spelled like normal words. Uh, Now, this is a weird one, too, so it only comes in black. So you're going to have to bear with me. Do you have other colors for the socks? Socks? Oh, that's a good question. That's a great question. So the socks, for now, unless the campaign really accelerates, is going to be one style, so one height, one style, one color, and two sizes, and Mm -hmm. that's it. And the reason for that is because I don't want to lose my one wife, one (laughs) house and two kids trying to start this brand because starting a technical clothing brand sounds like a great idea, but then you start to do the math and you're like, well, I have to order pullovers and sweatshirts and hoodies and caps and all this stuff to be a full big brand, right? Right. Well, I don't have enough money for that. So we're just going to start with socks and then we're going to use the income from those socks to fund more development of new things, right? So we're starting really really simple and it makes the logistics of the Kickstarter really simple too and like I told somebody else like this whole crazy sock fad that has been going on for the last few years in your offices and out in your runs I feel like it's dying we get it you're very ironic. You have a crazy sock under your suit. Who would yeah. have ever guessed? <laughs> You're a nut job
0: inside. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I think that's dying. I think people are like, "Okay, I'm over it. Let's it just is, wear black, brown look, and blue socks." And you know like
0: done. the bell curve. It's <laughs> yeah. like uh for products, it's like early adopters, and then there's like the chasm of death where yeah. like most products die. And then it's like uh yeah. what
1: I mass acceptance. Yeah. yeah.
0: There's like the middle, early, and then the yeah. late adopters, and then like the the last 10% is yeah. like when the product is dead. I,
1: I think the whole fad of crazy socks under your suits or it's your, or your dress, dress pants,
0: let's just stop.
1: We're done with that, right? Like, I'm just <laughs> doing over. you a favor. If it's you over. think you're ironic or unique wearing crazy socks, you're not, just get back to basics. Let's go with crazy performance instead of a crazy design. <laughs> And that's that's what we're bringing to the table.
0: That's funny, because I've seen at least two people in the past month with crazy socks. Yeah. And that's how you know. I feel bad. That's how you me. know that it's in the late adopter phase yeah. when it's just like oh, it's dead. who you would really, really not expect. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Yeah. People that like, yeah, yeah, listen to AM radio or something. <laughs> <laughs> like that's when you know the, the specialness of crazy socks are <laughs> right. That ship is sound. So. Yeah. I like it. Okay. So so this is the last one. The weatherneck.com. A balaclava. Put it on. Yeah. It's, it's not a dessert. It's a, <laughs> it's a piece of clothing. So now this
1: was designed because of the fat biking. So I'd go, I'd go fat bike. I know it looks ridiculous. I can't imagine what I look like right now, but it works like crazy. Again, minimal design, crazy function. So okay. this is how this works. There's actually magnets in the back of the face mask or in the back of the hat. And then in the face mask, there's, I'm sorry, in the face masters there's magnets in the back of the hat, there's metal and those two things snap together. So you can adjust the size by where you put the metal. Okay. And then when you go for your workout, you get too hot, you can just snap it off oh, and you get all yeah. this air and oh, it feels like heaven. It is nice. awesome. And then this is, this is the least aesthetically pleasing product you'll ever see in your life. But it, again, the function is really good. So it has mesh over the top of the hat to help you with cooling. Yep. It has some fleecy bits that's super thin around your ears and your neck to keep that part warm because that's really what gets cold. You actually want to expel some heat off the top of your head, at least if you have a head like mine. And then uh, on the back, there's this uh, ridiculous pocket on the back of the mullet hat <laughs> that yeah. covers your neck. So you can put a hand warmer in there, and it changes your day. So we watched the Dang. Appleton Parade. And the last couple of years hasn't been too bad, but, but previous to that, there was a couple of years where it was just... Oh yeah. Insane to be sitting out there and like, where is Santa Claus, man? Come on. Like, Can these marching (laughs) bands, (laughs) like let's, let's double up. Let's step it up. You know? So I put a hand warmer in the back of that and just having that on the back of your head, the back of your neck feels great. So anyway, this product super weird again, but if you are, uh, I have a lot of people I've sold those to that go just walking dogs. tons of reviews from people that walk their dog in the morning like this is perfect for walking
0: the dog like okay yeah (laughs) i'll take it (laughs) that's funny i think it's cool that like i don't know like there's some of these some of them are things that could be bigger if you had more budget more you know what i mean but the fact is is like do you have just a website where you can find all of them in one place no
1: they're all separate and that's probably something i you know if i could all do it all over again i would probably put everything
0: under one brand but i didn't so they're all separate well i mean even if like even if people find you through things like this where it could just be like bryandavis.com oh there is oh, thank Davis you Races. i did i actually
1: just did that so like in like 2 weeks ago literally 2 weeks ago i finally like oh maybe i should do that so my youtube channel has its own website now it's bryandavisraces.com and then there's links for everything i've done there, youtube
0: channel fix it sticks Backbottle, Bottle, weatherneck follow how all that stuff will be there that's what i'm saying cuz i feel like I feel like your uh, focus on performance and like your passion for um, seriously making better products shows and whether someone discovers you because you won the military contract with fix it six or because they see follow hollow on venture Wisconsin or um, the guy who wore it 10 days in a row and his wife sniffed it. Yep. However they find it. And then all of a sudden like they are a hardcore cyclist maybe, or they know one and they find, you know, these two things that you wouldn't just like find them on Amazon as being superior. No. But like, if you're researching you and you then understand why they're superior, right. I think it's cool that you're out there selling them yeah. still.
1: Yeah. There's, there's definitely seeing the forest through the trees when it's your own baby, like you were saying before, is really difficult. So mm-hmm. if I, if all this mess was an entrepreneur that I was coaching, I'd have a lot of advice about what not to do, but, uh, right. but this is my little mess. So I, I mean, I, there is some reasoning and then there's sometimes there's just, that's just the way I want to do it. Cause I don't like when people tell me what to do. So that's right. how I'm just going to do it my way. Right. <laughs> and it might be stupid, but it's my stupid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. Well, um, cool. So question of the day, how did Wisconsin get called Wisconsin? Yeah. I don't know. And, uh, I really don't know that one. No, the Appleton
1: one, there's a theory. There's, a, there's I don't either. maybe some, some facts there. So. Yeah, <laughs>
0: potentially. <laughs> potentially. We'll check back with your, your son. <laughs> right, yeah.
1: Also, I'll say this. If you guys want to share this uh, live stream on your own personal pages, I'll pick out a couple names if more than one person does it. Well, even if one person does it, then you'll get a free pair of socks. But if a few people want to share the Venture Wisconsin Post, I would really appreciate that. I'm sure Evan would appreciate that, mm-hmm. and um, I'm happy to... Connect with you and message you and get uh, get you out a free pair of socks to test out before we launch. So
0: the socks are great. I've worn them four days and I've had them for three weeks. Yeah. Um. And if you do share it, just take a screenshot and send it to me or Brian. Perfect. Yeah. Um. Because you want those socks. Yeah. Yeah. They're good. They so good. let me challenge you this next. Maybe
1: next yeah. week. Wash them up and wear them for five days in a row and see how it goes because <laughs> it's kind of fun. Like what I found for that other guy doing it. His social media audience was really into his his day by day update of like, okay, here's the deal, and took a little video of it and everything else. Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of a a cool way to. It's an interesting story to go okay. along with how long
0: you can wear stinky socks. Yeah. So. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It truly means a lot to me.